Dee. Hey, me. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Welcome back. Grief After Dark, Season 2, Dark Matter. I'm still super enamored with that name. I know. I like silly too. how proud I am of it. I like it. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's great. I love it. Like my face hurts right now because all of these wonderful conversations that we keep having. Like so good. Today's was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I had such a good time. I made a new friend once again. Today we had a wonderful conversation with Kim of the Kings. <laughs> yes, we are moving into some really beautiful things about movement and dance and how we are working through grief and and how it affects grief and how we can transmute it or transform it in that way. Not necessarily that your grief will go away, but just a way to move with it in your life. Yeah. And I didn't think about it when we were talking to Kim, but you, you had mentioned uh, when we spoke with Gina Harris, you said you were reading that book, um, uh, your grandmother's, uh, my grandmother's hands. Yes. That talks a lot about somatic. Yes. Grief and grief getting stuck in the body. It makes so much sense that movement is so important to work it out. Yeah. And again, like we're not reinventing the wheel here. This is not, this is not new. This is not new information, which is why I'm so pleased to keep reiterating it because those people before us have been saying it. Bell Hooks was saying it. Resma saying it. And there's another, the body keeps the score. I can't remember who it's by, but anyway, the body keeps the score. And so, you know, thinking about it in those terms and why, you know, we are harboring such illnesses and just, just a lot of things, just somatically, like just within our bodies and like not being encouraged to do movement as a form of therapy or as a form of transmuting what is happening in your body from the inside to the outside. Yes. And giving these things a place to live outside of our bodies. Yeah, absolutely. What a beautiful person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's a it's an incredible story. It got me thinking as they all seem to do. Yep. It opened my eyes to some things that I had never really put my finger on or considered before. And I mean, it was really the idea of reconnecting with the body when you said welcome home mm. i really I, I think that that hit the nail on the head mm-hmm. so please enjoy please enjoy <laughs> our, our wonderful conversation with our new friend kim de los reyes her story of mighty leona kim is a brief mother an educator a writer a mover a healer, an artist, a human, and love and worthy. Enjoy this conversation, y'all. This podcast addresses death, difficult emotional content, and contains profanity. Listen with... Your own motherfucking discretion. (laughs) (laughs) Get your kids. This is Grief After Dark. So, hi. 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 (laughs) Welcome, Kim, to Grief After Dark. I'm so excited for you to be here today. 
because, you know, just the nature of our friendship, air quotes, <laughs> you know, right now in this day and age, like these, these friendships for me have taken on like this whole ass new meaning. And I can't tell you how inspirational you are. And I've been dying for you to get here so that I could tell you that to your face. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and then to introduce you to everybody else, because what an incredible spirit you are. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I love to say nice things to folks. And I mean it. Yes. I'm just not so great at taking compliments. So at any anytime every, anyone says that, I'm like, I'm going to hide now. <laughs> Welcome to Grief After Dark, where there's literally nowhere to hide. Because <laughs> hi- hiding makes terrible audio, turns out. Does it? It really does. Yeah. Folks, when and things go silent, we're hiding. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just know that. Now you know. Anyway, so so let's just get started. Like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first, I want to know how you guys know each other. Ah, well, ah. so we're both bereaved parents and and we have come across each other on Instagram and it, it's just like an instant, like, you know what? That's my homie over there. Mm-hmm. And yep. not just because they're a bereaved parent, but just because like that soul connection, I think I feel yes. like that has just been one of the things. It's like, we don't talk every day. In fact, this is our first real conversation with each other. Yes. Um, yes. Like, <laughs> Amazing. Our, our real first time. Real, like real time <laughs> conversation with each other. So, you know, I felt like immediately I was just like, yep, they're my people over there. (laughs) "Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us, I want to know everything. I know nothing at this point. So yeah, I would love to hear about you and and your story. And we could tell the nice people of our, our loyal 10 listeners that we're here today to discuss pleasure dance Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had a, I did like a similar talk about dance just in general. Uh Um, so when Leona died, so my daughter's name is Leona. Um, she was with me for seven days. Um, and prior to that, so like in my teens, I did a lot of dancing, like hip hop dancing, team dancing in high school um and like at the time I was processing a lot of trauma then Mm -hmm. um and I didn't realize it it was just you know something to do something to get finally get out of my house because I didn't want to be there I didn't want to be doing you know I didn't I was a good student but I also you know I wanted something that made me feel more alive and so dance gave me that dance gave me a community it gave me friends and so I get into the mix of like life and college and, you know, a significant other and doing the quote adult thing to do. Like I, whether I had a checklist or not realized I had a checklist, somehow there was like a floating checklist around me. And I was like, okay, graduate high school, check, get into your school, check, have a significant other, check, move out, like all the things, right. Did all the things quote unquote, right. Um, you know, waited to have children until I was married, wait until I was financially stable to get married, all the things. So when Leona died, shit, the world came out from underneath me. It wasn't even just a rug. It was the fucking world crumbled underneath me. And obviously nothing made sense. 
but even music. So a big part of my love of dance is that is it's synonymous with my love for music. And so the way music moves me and when I would listen to music, it was like everything was yelling at me. <laughs> everything was loud, obnoxious, you know, even songs that I really liked. And so I gravitated to songs that told the story um, and moved me, literally moved me. <laughs> literally moved me, whether it was just to like finally stand up, get out of bed, um, stand up off the couch. Yeah. Like, it moved me. It just made me get up. Um, and I remember, I think it was, I think it was like, when did they clear you? Um, after like I had a, an emergency C-section. Um, and I think it was like eight weeks. And the doctor was like, Yeah, you can go and you can, you can do your regular exercise program or whatever. And I, I don't know what that was before. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I was like, what was that we're clearing for? Okay. So my daughter's name, Leona means lioness and it is synonymous with courage and strength. And we call her, her nickname before she was born was mighty. And so mighty Leona just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> and so like I, I, I held on to that and almost like took that as my own persona for, for a little while. Mm. And I just remember it was like 10 weeks and I'm, you know, I'm still clearly postpartum and I made the mistake of going to a contemporary class. <laughs> I say mistake, I say right. mistake not because I don't love the art form and I have much respect for it and still practice it myself now, but like, it was, we're going to roll across the floor 10 weeks postpartum. Oh no. Yeah. And I couldn't wait. And then now I understand why I did it, but I couldn't wait for someone to be like, why are you doing that? So I could say I'm 10 weeks postpartum and I'm doing this thing. You know, like there was this weird, not weird. There was this pride that I didn't physically have in my arms. Right. So like, this was the way I was going to be like, this is my baby. Like this, this is this thing happened to me and I'm badass and I'm doing it. And it came from a, that initial experience back into dance came from a, like, I have to prove myself, right? I have to prove that I'm going to be okay. I have to prove that this isn't going to get to me. I have to prove Ooh. that I'm as strong as my daughter was going to be right. Yeah. Because whether it was to prove to myself or mostly to prove to people around me, I don't know what it was, but I know the word is proof. Yep. <laughs> little bit Did of both, you? maybe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So after that, um, it was also one of my first experiences out in public where I got the like, well, oh, I know how that feels like, you know, I just, yeah. uh So I'm in this studio, this brand new studio with strangers rolling around and, you know, like they check in on me, which is great. And I was like, yeah, I'm 10, 10, 10 weeks postpartum, you know, my, you know, I just recently lost my baby and this is, you know, healing for me and totally went over their heads. And I remember one of the women just turning me and like, seriously, just going, Oh, I know how that feels. I lost my dad last spring. And I was like, girl, um, I'm going to roll around again. I'm going to roll around. I'm going to be rolling back over here. (laughs) So I don't way far all the way across the room. Yeah. From where all, the all the things, <laughs> all the things, all the things. Um, yeah, it was strange. And 
when I got home, uh, my ex-husband, he was my husband at the time. He was like, mm-hmm. how was the class? You know, show me what you did. And like nothing had processed. <laughs> yeah. Nothing had processed after that moment. So I couldn't even remember what I was doing. And like, it was one of those like, oh, well, like pass it on. And I really just wanted to be seen. (laughs) I really wanted to be seen. And so I just stopped that, that movement. And then I, I just, I don't know. Um, I say like for a while, the music stopped. Um, The music stopped for me. while the music stopped and you know movement was more of like what was slow and compassionate for myself so a lot of walks and you know going to the beach but I still danced like I still found a dance I found dance and like under the trees in the wind that mm-hmm. kind of thing yes um, it felt good it felt good and I didn't I wasn't in a studio where someone was going to be like oh you don't fit that like you don't fit what I'm what I'm thinking you're supposed to look like as a dancer Mm -hmm. and I realized like that wasn't the space to share that Mm -hmm. personal part of me so I had to get out of there for a while fast forward to um I was going through a divorce so Mm -hmm. I think it was like it was it was bad I think like maybe we barely made it to the year mark we barely made it to the year mark listen So I want to, I want to, I want to pause you just for one second. Okay. I'll go real fast if I do. One second here to talk about that part of where the music stopped Mm. and like the grief intervened with that and how finding your way back to that in nature and in spaces that weren't, that didn't really look like what you were used to them looking like how that transition for you was so impactful <sighs> or in what ways was it more impactful for you to be able to to decide hey this isn't actually the space that I can really share this in because I've been a dancer and I grew up you know doing all, all the same things and yeah. and um you know in that setting the structured setting using that as a means of working through my grief absolutely Mm -hmm. in that time that i was doing those like structured classes and like the performance art and doing the shows and all of those things and the rehearsals it was really keeping my mind busy and active and challenged because it was different every time so you know you had to really kind of be in your body and learn something new but sometimes that isn't always the way it works out Mm -hmm. like you said I can't be in this space and be vulnerable in this space because they have no clue what I'm talking about. And so I am now finding my way back to movement in ways that make more sense for me. Mm-hmm. And the reason, you know, which brings us to the reason why I asked you here <laughs> is because, you know, we're fixing to be naked. And anyway, <laughs> um, and, and I don't mean naked in the way no, like, oh, we yeah. got to take off all our clothes, but we are in a very vulnerable space with our bodies as women. And then, you know, as you were saying, you were going through a divorce, which we definitely want to do a whole other show about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, oh, I mean, we, 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 we want to go all the way in. So how has it been impactful for you to, to make that? transition from, hey, this is a show and I can use this, you know, lot like in your 
body and your brain, you know, it's really good for you. You know that that moving yes. that grief through you is like, this is your body's not a coffin. You know, right. you can't all of this shit can't stay here to die. Yes. Because it's going to kill you, too. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, it's going to yeah. kill you, too. It's like that's the price. That is the price. Uh, yes. <laughs> OK, so when I say the music stopped, so I would listen to a song and I would hear the saddest part of the music and somehow translate that to my particular situation. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I wouldn't hear the melody. I wouldn't hear, you know, like I forget, I forget even what popular songs were out at that time. Right. Um, but I could only hear the saddest parts. I couldn't hear any of the instrumentals. And it just was like staring at a wall, <laughs> staring at a wall. And when I think of that time, like I think in, you know, like in visual when I see visual images in my brain. Mm -hmm. um, and that's part of why I moved to dance because then I don't need to talk about it. I can just move it. Um, and so in my head, right? Yeah. In my head, <laughs> in my head, it's like one of those, and not to be dramatic, but in, you know, I'll be dramatic. <laughs> Please you be know, dramatic. Montages. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> those montages. Yes. <laughs> those montages in movies where like the sad person has the voiceover and they're walking through and then there's like blur behind them you know like there's subtle music and the voiceover is louder than that like that's what music was to, like it was just that was it and I was moving in slow motion and I couldn't yeah I couldn't I couldn't hear what teachers were prompting I could barely even look in the mirror I was like I'm just gonna look at the ground I still have that problem but even more so, I was making it a choice not to open the mirror. Mm -hmm. And that, again, that was also part of my grief was that sense of guilt that I could have done something different and the outcome would have been different. Going away from what I was used to, he like hearing the sounds around me, like I was responding. So there's a, in freestyle dance, you respond, right? Like instead of being a choreographed dance, you respond. So similarly, I was hearing sounds around me and my body was responding a different way. So a crash of a wave, my head would turn a different way. Uh, you know, a chirp, a specific melody that I'd hear from the birds, my shoulder, my arm would move a certain way. And it just was like, you know, at the time I was thinking, I'm just rolling, you know, I'm like, I'm rolling my shoulders to get the tension. But I was actually making a choice what we say dance we're making a choice in the movement so it wasn't just a roll and bring your shoulders down it was a shoulder elbow up release mm. shoulder elbow up release roll of my neck like they say release your neck kim <laughs> when you do the full extensions release your neck kim and i was doing that i was doing that <laughs> and it felt it was the opposite of the harder stuff I don't want to say the opposite. Visually, it was the opposite. Like this was me that hunched shoulders in. I don't want to be seen by the world. I don't yes. want to. I don't want to engage. Yeah, I want to. Mm -hmm. I don't want to express. I don't want to engage. Slumped over, and then outside of that, hearing the beginning to hear the music again, hearing the music of life. Yes. It was like slowly one thing at a time opening. It mm. was like I was the dancer Tin Man. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Clyde's I some oil to me. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was that. And like slowly just things started coming back to me, whether it was, you know, watching a show that I didn't think I could watch again, being in a space, moving. So I'm in a I was in a one bedroom moving my baby stuff out finally because I could bear it now. I wasn't moving things out and then throwing up after because because <laughs> that happened. Because it's, <laughs> it's that intense. It's yes. that intense. I had stuff for years, like yeah. was like bins of things for years that I just left. And I was like, I can't even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's that visceral, like it's that mm-hmm. physical, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so figuring out ways to dance, to move in my body was safer than that, was safer than moving my, physically moving my body to move an object and then throwing up and then going through, you know, the cycle of, you know, my mental health is being challenged. My body feels exhausted. Like that's hella work. It's so much damn work. (laughs) So much work, so much work. So you know, I started feeling brave, I guess. I started feeling brave. I started started feeling courageous. And I don't even remember how I got into, like, it was a twerk class. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it was a twerk class. Um, it hey. Might, yeah. Put that grief away, folks. I keep telling people, like, this is so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, <Yes>. Mickey. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, Mickey. That was a hell of a time for me to take a drink of wine. Yeah, it was. I mean, I'm gonna tell you, like, I don't put it on, I don't <laughs> I don't put it on the internet or anything. But when I go back to movement, I go back to my prayers of twerking. And yeah. it's not like the stereotypical version of twerking. It's like this real spiritual place yes. that I'm into. And it's me listening into the music and then yes. making that choice Mm -hmm. and then moving my body accordingly and and what feels natural to me and what feels really good to me and Mm -hmm. you know what feels deeply sensual to me that doesn't have anything to do with sex yes and like really deeply tapping into like my womanhood that creative fire that destruction mainly the destruction (laughs) right now I feel a lot of I feel a lot of destruction energy in there and then being able to translate that and channel it into something that really helps me Mm -hmm. in the long run yeah so (laughs) through my body and sending it out into the universe and saying this is really what I'm feeling right now and I'm about to clap my cheeks all the way around the city today (laughs) yeah well, and my teacher who ended up being also my introduction to heels dancing. Yes. Um, she was saying how, well, one, that dance, you know, helps the brain be, and it's a good uh, lubricant against, you know, later dementia and brain mm-hmm. like that. Right. Which I already knew. I didn't and then know she was that. Like, but also, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Uh, like neuroscience has their fingers in dance and its benefits. So cool. mm-hmm. yeah, look it up. I will. Uh, but yeah, she also, she also let me know that work specifically like works with your, which the root chakra, which yep. is mm-hmm. the womb, 
right? The so, womb. The womb, which is the, the womb. womb. And I was like, the womb? Like what? And because that's where power? we need to be working right now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was different from that first run, right? Where I wanted to, I wanted someone to ask me and I wanted to be able to say this thing that I'm a mother. And when she was like this, you know, twerk working with your root chakra and your sense of worthiness, and you're not doing it for anyone else, but you, something about that clicked. I didn't need to say like, I'm postpartum. I didn't need to say that anymore. I just needed to be like, bitch, you're working on your womb. Like, <laughs> you working on your womb. How You're working on your womb. Well, I only needed to do. I only needed to know that, right? Like, it was just for me. I only needed to do that, and right. that was also what took me out of my old way of dancing. Right, the performing. Like, I was performing. You're doing it as a product. You're doing it for your choreographer to show their greatness. You're doing it for your skill and technique, and you're showing an audience, right? But you get into these classes. And you're doing it for you. <laughs> yeah. Amen. This doing is like shadow work. Yes. In movement terms. Yes. Because just what you said, that switch for you, mm-hmm. which didn't come from therapy, really, but it came from therapy mm-hmm. of like the thing that we already have inherently. Yep. Like it's just innate in, in us yep. of I'm doing this for for me now, I'm working on my womb. And this is, you know, this is where the mother lives. And this is where we've been cultivating all these things. And this is where you've been deeply injured. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, not just, you know, on this surface level and like folks think they understand. Nobody understands that. Mm -mm. Yeah. And it's another great example of how in, in traumatic grief, everything that comes after can only survive if it goes through a metamorphosis. Mm. Like everything changes form after Mm. grief and trauma like that. And so it's so interesting to hear that this thing that you had been practicing so much of your life came back so organically, but even that ended up in, in change and like Mm -hmm. it took on a different form. Mm -hmm. It really did. Yeah. Which brings me to my next question of how has this brought some pleasure into your grief? Oh, mm-hmm. good question. I'm like, because oh. listen, <laughs> no, guys, <laughs> when we tell you how to find her, I have never, videos. <laughs> I've never <laughs> been more upset that this wasn't video. <laughs> For real. Because it's epic. It's yes. amazing. But also, like, you know, um, these are some of the next conversations that I really do want to have because like we, we are not often talking about the pleasure that we are able to reclaim in our grief. And we're yep. not talking about, you know, that being even okay. For yes. Us. So even take, take, take our, you know, our connection out of it. Take, take the, you know, this, this thing that we have, we will always deal with. Yeah. That aside, we're just not allowed, air quotes yep. again, to be in that kind of pleasure anyway Mm -hmm. and be taken seriously Mm -hmm. and be seen or heard. So, you know, I'm so delighted to see you pop up on my feed every single time because I'm like, hell yeah, hell yeah. I'll be over here cheering. You don't even know how I'll be cheering for you. (laughs) You have no idea how I cheer for you every single fucking time. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's interesting, like even how much that voice of criticism that we've been taught, like once you get to motherhood, you're not allowed. And in fact, I went to an awesome summit, the Hip Hop for Change Summit um, yesterday. And it, with, it was talking, the panel was with moms who are in hip hop. And they were talking about how like, once you become a mom, there's this certain like image yeah. that we're supposed to have, right? And there's a certain way, behaviors that we're supposed to have. And again, like pleasure is not one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we pleasure. turn out babies, we do the things, that's it, right? Yes. Um, and it's not. And I think even like I realized that I had internalized that because from my first heels class, I took the heels class because again, my twerk teacher was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, do this heels intensive. You're going to learn one piece for, I think it was like six weeks, maybe eight weeks. And it's going to be a video. And I thought, well, one piece, I could do that. Like my brain can handle one thing over, you know, eight weeks. <laughs> Great. I could do that. Like Quickly tell everybody what you mean by heels because heels. I was going to ask. Okay. Yes. Heels class. Um, most people equate that to like pole dancing. It's actually right. different. More commonly, people will see heels like industry wise, where they see like choreographed pieces where dancers are doing any range of style in heels. There is a technique. So like Beyonce. Oh, yeah, Beyonce. totally. I trained. Everybody Beyonce. knows what you mean now. Yeah. <laughs> like Beyonce, Rihanna, like that, like yeah. that. <laughs> and think they're backup dancers. That's right. kind of what Got I was. Got it. Um, so no pole involved. But there was a lot of like, you have to look at yourself in the mirror. That shit's crazy. That shit's like, like, and I'm not talking about old school where you you softly gaze at the mirror so that you no, sure you just have to look. Like <laughs> you look. <laughs> you look and I was so uncomfortable with that and it wasn't it was like a quick walk to the mirror and then turn and walk away like that approach to the mirror and then turning and being like bitch I've never I have not (laughs) I have not seen my body this close (laughs) in a long time (laughs) in a long time like whoa she looks different number two that first class, I, I was also in a place where I was still processing a lot. And yeah. so I saw, I saw sad Kim. Yeah. I saw devastated, broken Kim. Yes. And I also, but then I also saw like this, I had this like cognitive distortion where I saw sad, broken Kim in my eyes when I had a look at myself and she was dressed, she was dressed kind of fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, there's something wrong here. <laughs> Something's not equating. Um, and <laughs> I remember getting to the mirror and we were supposed to do some sexy pose. Like the music too was really like, I forget who it was. It was something about being in my bed. And I just walked to the mirror and we were supposed to do a sexy pose. And I bust out like my pee horror Herman. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like I'm, I'm meaning to be this silly. Like, this is what it's supposed to be, right? I'm so uncomfortable. I'm meaning to be silly. Mm-hmm. And then I walked, I walked out of my life and I watched everyone else. And I just remember, I remember the first thought was, why can't I be them? And mm-hmm. not in a, not in a body image wise. Right. I wanted to go up to that mirror and be like, unapologetic. 
for, you know, for my choices. I wanted to see myself as sexy and it made me feel super uncomfortable because was I allowed to in my head? Am I allowed to? Am I allowed to be sexy after this horrible thing happened to me and these consequential horrible things afterwards? Am I allowed that? Right. right? Yep. Am I allowed that or am I supposed to always carry always carry that guilt? Am I am I supposed to always say like, well, this bad thing happened to me. Right. Like, I don't get to do it the way other people. So I'm just supposed to stay here. Right. Right. Like, <laughs> that where that's where it's comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I walked away from that class realizing what another thing, like I can't, I signed up for the full damn eight weeks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Get your shit together, Kim. Like you can't, you can't be doing this. You can't be doing this every time. I'm a generally serious person. And so being a class clown really told me something. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm usually more serious. I can be, you know, I can be kind of, I can be funny too. <laughs> I can be funny. Uh- <laughs> oh my God. I, that was a whole facial journey just now, in case y'all didn't know. It, well, it's also like, and I believe me, I use humor every fucking chance I get for if I'm having a great time, if I'm having a fucking horrible time, like whatever the mood is, I can usually try to inject humor. And for Mm. me, it's become only with age and experience and like introspection and paying attention. There's a solid difference between when I am being goofy because I feel goofy. And when I am trying to like cloak myself in humor to like protect myself from vulnerability really yep yeah so I get it yep that was me (laughs) understandable and man like you nailed it in the conversation of like finding joy and whatever the sickness is that makes us think we need to justify being joyful um especially after experience something difficult um and painful and horrible And like the worse the thing is that you've been through, the more expected you are to like visibly wear your grief. Mm. Like now you have to move through the entire world. And this is why we all feel such guilt and shame. Even now, just as a blanket two years plus of global pandemic war, like there is fucked up shit happening right now. And I think anybody who's paying attention at least gets a little bit of a hiccup when we're having a good time. You know, we Mm. burst out in joy and celebration and dance. And it's like, you can't help but have that moment of like, shame on me. Right. When in actuality, and I was telling Dee right before we started talking to you, I listened to, um, I listened to an interview today with Karen Walrand. And Karen Walrand is an activist and she, she writes books and talks a lot about how joy is the fuel. Mm. Things like movement, dance. So, Cause to me, like dance and celebration are on, almost synonymous. Like mm. yes. the ability to move your body through dance and prayer. Uh-huh. 100%. I mean, if we are to really look at culturally. Yes. Yes. In almost every single culture, mm-hmm. these things are not separate. Mm-hmm. And storytelling. And storytelling. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Laughter yeah. is prayer. Like everything to me is prayer. So therefore we are never separated from it. Mm-hmm. From the sacred. So it doesn't matter how many times you go to temple a day or whatever the fuck ever. It don't yep. matter. Because if you are always in your movement, if you are always in your love, if you're always in your laughter, if you're always in those things, you are always praying. Always. Mm-hmm. It does not stop. You are always healing because that shit keeps happening. It doesn't. We're not trying to stop the bad shit from happening. We're trying to survive it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, snap. And learn how to transmute that into survivable means. So the fuel or the fire is those things and so mm-hmm. like learning and like learning and tapping back into those things just naturally you know amongst ourselves the more we talk about these things that like right now two or more are gathered <laughs> so <laughs> yeah you know witnessing one another in these things and 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 that's what i mean by like i'm always rooting you on because you ain't wrong <laughs> yeah this is important <laughs> To be able to witness that is is a pleasure in and of itself. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and you talked you talked about transformation, Nikki. Um, and like I feel like when I started dancing for pleasure, that even my dance, like obviously my dance transformed because you know I was used to a specific way of dancing, and so when we were prompted to actually touch our own bodies mm-hmm. <laughs> in this sensual dance, like I couldn't do it. So I faked it. I faked it and grazed my hands over because visually it looks like I'm doing it. Right. But it's actually not. And then the, the feeling of touching myself, like just running my hand down my own arm to meet my own wrist and my fingertips. Like I was Clearly, I was strongly lacking that just in my support system. And mm-hmm. now I had to re- rely on myself to do this. And that was a transformative experience because it, I, it was almost like inviting myself back into my body. Mm. Right. Yeah. Hey, it is welcome <laughs> home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, this is yours. Like, this is your elbow. This is your, you know, this is your lopsided boob from, from <laughs> not the lopsided boob, <laughs> the lopsided boob. You know, I didn't feed a baby, but I fed a machine to get the stuff out. of <sighs> So, you know, like this is all, this is mine. Whereas before really in my years before, cause I, you know, I was a big sister and I moved out and I moved straight in with my then boyfriend Mm -hmm. who then became my husband. Like I'd always been with someone around me. I'd always lived with someone around me. And like, this was my opera. And even my hobbies were who else could I bring in of my circle? Who else could be a part of this with me? Who else could I show? And like, this was for me. Yeah. It was all for me. And it felt, if you know, it took, it took a while because at first it was foreign, right? That transformation, the things that used to bring me joy, weren't bringing me joy. Then to like touch myself and be like, Oh my gosh, like you're here. You actually didn't die with your baby, but you're here. (laughs) Parts of you did. There are absolutely right. There are absolute parts. We will acknowledge those parts at the same time that we are saying, 
I've never touched my elbow this way. I've never mm-hmm. grazed my elbow that way. I've never, I've never, I felt that was also a joy was learning how to hair whip. <laughs> hey, flip your learning how to hair, hair. <laughs> learning how to hair whip in a heel. Listen. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> learning how to hair whip and not fall over because there's, there's like muscle technique that has to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I felt the ocean wind through my hair, but to whip my hair around on cue mm-hmm. to a dance and then come up with like the face that's like, get at me, bitch. Like that, like, oh, oh, it was my favorite. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> so let's say, so someone's listening. Yeah. They're totally feeling this whole conversation. Yeah. They want to start somewhere. And I know it's different for everybody, but where would you steer someone intrigued to start? Yes, absolutely. Start as simple as, yeah, start as simple as walking. (laughs) Start as simple as walking walking because you're not going to, you're not going to find the birds right away, right? You're not going to find sounds that like resonate with you. And if it's base level, just walk because- Sometimes you're so, you'll be in your head and it will be that one sound Mm -hmm. that lives out in the world and you won't know what it is that you're going to respond to. I mean, it could be like, you know, maybe it's, you know, someone starting their car and you're like, whoa, what's that? Like, what's that? And I, even responding to it in a certain way, like whether you turn your head or you turn your shoulder when you do it, or you physically stop your, you know, your, you stop your step your mid-step, like all of that is movement. It's true. Like, you can choreograph that movement into a piece, right? It's true. And those are super impactful when you watch it, like in a performance and that's choreographed into a specific point of the music that seems so dramatic. She like stopped, you know, that dancer stops mid-step and then turns. Like that's so dramatic on the stage, but there's no, you know, when you go out in the world, that's still your stage, yeah. you know? listen to the car start and stop and notice and you're not gonna get to where you're not gonna get to where you hear the things that you need to hear or the things that make you respond and unless you're walking you know like you don't have to have a plan just walk (laughs) get moving just walk really Mm -hmm. just get moving just get moving and then the way that I had found the twerking class was actually there's a I don't know if you guys would have it, but there's like this app that's called Class Pass. I mean, and... I just know how to twerk. It's in my DNA. So yeah, you. <laughs> I don't take classes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turn your music on. But, you know, if, the, if you're not hearing the music, like you can turn the music on all you want. Right. Like if right, you're not, right. if you were like me and I was like, I'm not hearing music, I needed to have someone, you know, like prompt me to pay attention because there are will be some people who won't you know, even if I say go out and walk and listen, they might need prompting. Like, you know, I need the prompt. So, or I needed the prompt. I don't anymore, but I definitely did then. And so, you know, look, find a class and give it a shot. That's one way to do it. Sit at the back of the classroom. No one's going to judge you. Get into a Zumba class. If that's what lights you up, like just move, right? Just move your body in whatever way it needs to be. I think 
I think there's even like seated classes that you can take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, for everybody, honestly, yeah. like whatever your capacity is, the movement, yeah. you know, is particular to you. So if it's not walking, it yes. is sitting or something else. And so it's just, it's just the idea of moving that stagnant energy mm-hmm. around and that we're carrying all this shit in our bodies. Yeah you know, just to, to bring it full circle, we have talked about sound and movement Mm. and, you know, these things being catalysts for healing. Yeah. And it's real interesting to me every time when we talk to people who are not actually connected to each other, the things that we are saying are very much connected to each other. So the resonance even, so even with that Mm. sound, the resonance is so strong. And so it's a vibration yeah. and it's a, it's a feeling Yeah, it, more than it's mm-hmm. a sound. It is a feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can walk through my house right now and if I walk from here to the living room, but then I'm mindful of walking from here to the living room, they're very different experiences. Mm-hmm. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of when I feel most stagnant is when I am not being mindful, not mm-hmm. being mindful, not connected, not yeah. paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we have kind of come to our, our portion of not so rapid, rapid fire question segments. <gasps> if you're down Ooh. to play, <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> First question. What part of the human face is your favorite? Eyeballs. Eyeballs. Nice. <laughs> the eyes. The eye. <laughs> D? Um, mouths, actually. I like a, I, I like a good mouth. Shit. Whoa. I think it, I know. I don't know why this is such a difficult question right now. I think it depends <laughs> on the food. I'm gonna say I'm also I'm gonna say eyeballs. Yeah. Two for eyeballs. Nice, nice. Uh, second question is what was the best thing before sliced bread? Uh. <laughs> no, we're not that question. <laughs> Oh uh, I tried to find some really funny questions. The oh dirt. I don't know. Dirt. <laughs> you need the dirt to make the wheat, you know. Word. Riddle solved. Mic drop. <laughs> yes. I love it. Oh you said that and I was like, when was sliced bread though? <laughs> <laughs> bread. First, I have to know when bread started becoming like sliced, <laughs> falling in love. Oh my gosh, that was my answer! Oh, yay! <laughs> falling in love, yay! And we all know mm-hmm. I love a good love bomb. Timeless. Mm. That's so sweet. Your girl's single. Hey, <laughs> hey! Don't tell me that. We got the man. Never mind. Let me be quiet. Yeah, we're gonna be putting your picture. <laughs> Let me just mind my own. We are gonna talk about that after the show. Uh, <laughs> yes, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, is there an app that you hate using but you use it anyway? Oh, all the dating ones. <laughs> all the dating ones. <laughs> all the dating ones. I hate it. Did you oh watch God. the Tinder Swindler? No, I'm no. Too yeah, no, I'm I'm too afraid Fuck. to do that. Yeah. But I'm, <laughs> to be fair, I'm also naturally very mistrusting. So perfect. 
I hate that that but also be fair. I feel better yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Um I I fucking hate using a calendar app. Oh my God. I hate the whole idea of having a calendar, but this is the world we live in. And I like the shit that I do. It's just like calendars feel so restricting to me. Like that feels like one of the most, I guess, lucky me fucking living (laughs) the artist life over here. One of the most linear things I have to do is plan Mm. time. And I think time is this bizarre paradoxical construct anyway. So calendars are like ticking clocks for me. Just that. (laughs) <laughs> and I have swindled Mickey into using a calendar. Fuck, now I have I'm so sorry. many. <laughs> now we I'm share so a sorry. calendar. I have a pre share calendar. a calendar and shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> At least I can like tap the little heart button when you schedule something for me, though. <laughs> and these are, I mean, I truly do love showing up for this. So if a calendar is involved, I, then so be it. Exactly. I do too. We try to, we try to make things, you know, comforting for both of us. Yes. I actually don't have any apps that I don't like using so if i don't like using it i'm not using it good for you (laughs) that's 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 i mean you wasted my time after that good for you (laughs) like i i am not on i mean i have a twitter account but i'm not on twitter so i don't use it i like that's probably the one of the apps that i would hate using i'm like i 120 characters ain't enough (laughs) yeah the facial journeys i be going on that ain't enough (laughs) (laughs) sorry friends (laughs) (laughs) oh my god thank you so much for being here it is way more joyful than i ever even could have imagined i've laughed more than i could have (laughs) predicted yay (laughs) and i wasn't wrong you're my people yep yes (laughs) yeah this is I'm broken record on a couple things. One of the things is about how excited I am to be doing this. And the other thing is now that, cause our whole season one was just me and Dee over here in the room all by ourselves, which was great, you know, introvert stream, but bringing people on, I haven't finished a conversation yet where I don't feel like we're all friends by the end. So <laughs> cheers to that. And thank you so much for taking the time and telling your story and sharing um, your healing and, and all that you are thank you thank yes. you so much for having me thank you Our pleasure. thank you honestly the pleasure and the honor is mine ours please thank you ours excuse me Cheers. i'm trying to talk for myself <laughs> you know what i mean i try to let folks speak for themselves <laughs> cheers bro. Cheers. good game yeah <laughs>